Well, hello, sister. Hey, Justin. How are you? I am good. Liar, but let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'm not great, but I'm here. And yeah, me too. We are, Same. We are marching on. Um, so we, we, you gave me, or I gave myself a homework assignment last week based on, did you, did you raise a question about the Netflix documentary, the great hack or what you yeah, asked? Yeah, I just, I said that I had just watched it and it was pretty fascinating and, uh, yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed it, but I'm still trying to figure out who the good guys and who the bad guys are. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's, it's convoluted. Yeah, it is. And so I gave myself the assignment that I would watch it and that we would discuss it today. So The Great Hack really is documenting uh, what was done during the 2016 election season uh, by Cambridge Analytica. Uh, This was a, a firm, a data firm that was hired by the Trump campaign to uh, target voters, uh, voter people who were voting for him and people who were voting against him. And well, tra- in the wait, let me interrupt you though, because okay. they said they were the they were really targeting the um, persuadables. Yeah, the ones sure. in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so I have a lot to say, and I'll, I'll try not to just blurt it out all at once. But I, I, you know, I have a background in political science. That's my degree from college, and I spent twelve years working in politics uh, for elected leaders. And I can tell you that yes, the um, when it comes to elections, you know, you, whether you're red or blue, uh, Republican or Democrat, you pretty much know where your base is going to vote when it comes to a general election. And so the only real way to move the needle in your favor is to work on those persuadables. And that, that's that been a tactic that's been out there for decades. That, it wasn't invented by Cambridge Analytica. For sure. Yeah. So and the, and in both parties – and you know it goes which beyond which they don't seem to acknowledge at all in this documentary <laughs> yeah I, I mean other than you know the just acknowledging how they were working with and for the trump campaign and the meetings that they yes. had and stuff like that uh so my overall impression one um let me just say this cambridge analytica is unpopular not just for the work that they did behind the scenes for the Trump campaign, but also what they did behind the scenes for Brexit. So the documentary kind of focused on two very conservative leaning uh, political actions, which, uh, you know, I can understand um, is very unpopular. So and then you throw to get throw on top of that, you know, how Facebook handles personal data it just it just makes it a, a you know big quagmire of controversy and uh, and a lot of it pinned to cambridge analytica yes so i mean do you have specific questions or what what do you want me to kind of break down oh i don't know let's just talk about it for a little bit here um so there's so many people in there that i'm like i don't know if they're good or if they're bad and um the 
what was like is he, he wasn't so much a journalist he was the guy that the, at the very beginning yeah, David so, Carroll, the professor yeah all that so the part of the documentary is following him because he's an american but he went to the parent company of cambridge analytica in england to sue them to see what information no hold on hold on so he, he's a college professor, and um, watching the testimony of Mark Zuckerberg, he discovered that, you know, they talked about, you know, how much personal information they have about voters in the United States. So he sued Facebook to say, what personal information do you have about me? I, I, I just want to see my information. I don't want to see anybody else's. I just want to know what you have on me. Right. At least that's what my memory is telling me. I, I think he pretty much sued Facebook. No, but, but I, I – so I remember it differently. So I'll have to go back and check. Oh, okay. But, but I could be wrong. He wanted um, to know how much – yeah, how much information there was. I don't think it was Facebook because at the very end – sorry, this is such a spoiler alert. But um, the company, which was not Facebook, they – pled guilty to not turning over the information and so like that oh, it was okay. over he was done like yeah. he had no he had nowhere else to go and so he never was able to find out yeah. and i'm just thinking oh my gosh that sounds like a huge cover-up that you know so they they weren't cooperative they didn't follow the order that they needed to do that and so they whatever however a company can plead guilty i don't know that sounds like something that can only happen in england but um but again you yeah. know i'm just here for the color commentary that's what i told you <laughs> <laughs> I, right. it's not my job to understand all this um but anyways uh, I I liked him and I tracked with him and what he was trying to do very much so. And then I thought it was so interesting because he and then different journalists and all of that, they're talking to um, Brittany Kaiser and oh, the other guy, Wiley, who mm -hmm. worked inside these. Um, yeah. Well, she worked for Cambridge Analytica. Did the other guy work for Cambridge Analytica? Well, Anyways. Did, yeah. Um, and then the, op the opening, that big symbolic, I'm going to write Cambridge Analytica on a two by four and I'm going to tie this whistle because I'm a whistleblower. Yeah. Um, and then what is that Burning Man she was at or yeah, something? Yeah, that was Burning Man. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm not interested in going to Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> not my crowd, not my thing. But I just thought that was so interesting. Oh, but I knew that. I liked David Carroll a lot and I, I take it. I, I mean, I, I know he lives in New York, but the very first thing that they show him doing is going into a coffee shop and he orders a, co a small coffee and it was $3 and then he tips $5. And I'm like, was that for the documentary? Cause like <laughs> who really tips $5 on a $3 cup of coffee, unless you just want to look like a really generous guy and set up a really good, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, and that's. I know that's so dumb. It has nothing to do with anything, but. Well, no, it 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 is, and it does because uh, when I was going to college, you know, I I first went to college to study journalism because I was going to get a journalism degree, and we had to take a lot of uh, mass communication classes and stuff like that. And one of my classes was critical thinking, and the bulk of the class was looking at documentaries made by Michael Moore.
and dissecting them. And so we would watch, you know, the, the classic Michael Moore documentary is, um, Oh my gosh, it's Bowling for Columbine? No. Or was it one before that? That was no, it was uh Somebody and Me. I can't remember the name now. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, but it was I didn't watch it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was basically looking at the auto industry in Detroit uh mm-hmm. in in Flint, Michigan and, you know, how things kind of fell apart there. I you know, I don't remember all the details, but you know, when you watch the film, you're almost there's almost no other conclusion for you to get to by the end of the film than what Michael Moore has presented. Wants you to. Yeah. yeah. And so, right. but then our professor started to break down how the film was put together, the, the timeline of it, and, you know, how the sequence of scenes were put together and, you know, you know different interviews and statements were taken out of context, timelines, you know, it was, and so basically it was pieced together to look one way, but if you actually put it together another way, it painted a different picture entirely. And so his point was, you know, documentaries aren't always documentaries. You know, they are, it, it is, you know, pr- you know, putting forward the viewpoint of the filmmaker and so you you know knowing the details is important. I'm not suggesting that in uh, the Great Hack they did that. I think I think they were very true to you know timeline and, and things like that. But the one thing that I didn't like was just the the whole nefarious nature of it all because what Cambridge Analytica does the the data that they access is the same thing that Amazon uses. You know, you go on Amazon and you look up a toaster and then for the next two weeks, every other website you go on, you keep seeing that same toaster. It's because they, you know, they've put a cookie on your browser. They've profiled you. You know, you're the right demographic. You make the right income. You make, you know, you know, whatever it is. And so, all of that information, you know, it's not somebody at Amazon saying, oh, look, there's Jolene. She's on, you know, weather.com. Go send her that ad on uh, the toaster. It, it's right. all computerized. It's all anonymized. Right. I was very much thinking that don't pretend like only one side of the equation or one side of anything uses this information. Like um, I it was very effective for the 2016 Trump campaign, uh, you know, obviously since he um, got elected or, I mean, I think yeah. it was effective. It must've been, but don't pretend like the, um, the other side of the political aisle is not doing that. Maybe, maybe Cambridge Analytica just ha- has a better uh, yeah. system or they figured it that, out. Like, Well, yeah, they're, they're not the only data science um, company that does this. Uh, now, I think where they went above and beyond was that you know they would get the profiles of the of the of people, and then they would design ads intentionally to provoke them. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that was that truly what is the nefarious thing where they mislead with uh, information and try and provoke action and so that's you know you, that's part you, of it. Is it really misleading or is it just like? like that subliminal message about crooked Hillary, you know, just like, so then anytime somebody thinks Hillary, then they want to add crooked to it, you know, like, 
Like, are they misleading? Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, nor am I. But it's, um, you know, the the power of advertising. And so I work in advertising now. This is what I do full time, and I work with all this same kind of data. You know, mm-hmm. the power of it is repetition. You know, we want to be able to show somebody an ad a certain number of times because we know that, you know, the first time they see the toaster, they're not going to buy. But the eighth mm-hmm. time they see it, they are far more likely to buy because they've been seeing it. They already know they want it. And by golly, you know, it's time to just buy that thing. So, you know, repetition is is very much the key um, in in that kind so of thing. So you're part of the evil system now. Well, but – and that's the other point that I wanted to make. They make it sound very evil and nefarious. But really I have no – most of the advertising each person gets every day and you are if, – if you really stop to think about it, you get hit with so much advertising. You almost can't keep track of it all. It's everywhere. But yeah. – I don't want to waste time or money showing you things you don't already want. Yeah. Or you, you don't already – because that just wastes uh, you know, the money of the advertisers. So you know, I, I deal with um, clients who are you – know, build uh, combines for harvesting and you know, they, don't want to, they don't want to show their stuff to uh, – What's that? To me. Yeah, to you or even to other – uh, you know, other farmers, you know, they're like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to show this to an ostrich farmer. I need to, you know, I need to show this to, you know, the soybean farmer in the Midwest, or, you know, and I don't want to show it to somebody in Iowa because, you know, I want to sell them something different over there. So, you know, yeah. it, it gets divided up. But, you know, so, the, yeah, I mean, uh, really, this is, you have, you know, there's a bad side of it. There's a good and bad side of everything. You know, a gun could protect you from, uh, you know, a home invader, or it, it it could be in the hands of the home invader. You know, it depends on what side, you know, who's using what of any device. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I get it, and I think, you know. The, you know, they call it the great hack. I mean, that was a you know because I was I was expecting somebody to say, "Oh, this this information was stolen. They stole something from somebody mm-hmm. and used it in an, in an illegal way." Now, I don't know necessarily in an illegal way. Certainly, you could make the case for unethical in a lot of ways um, because yeah. you know political systems. You know, it it relies on civil discourse. It relies on people people being able to speak their ideas, you know, without lies or innuendo and make decisions and choose the best leader possible. Um, yeah, the, I think the title was a little bit misleading. That was not what I expected. But, but that does bring – so – they got the information from Facebook. Yeah, they they got a data Facebook set. Allowed them to mine information. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you say like, mine information, basically they said this is the these are the parameters of the people we're looking for. You know, it's, the profiles. Yeah, yeah, the profiles. Um, like why? 
Facebook, when is enough money enough money? <laughs> like, you know, how much, like, what was, what would their motive outside of money? Is there any reason that Facebook could have or should have allowed them to do that? Well, I, um, that is Facebook's entire business model is we know more about, you know, let's just say Americans than, you know, the government even knows about Americans because we know what their behaviors are. We see what they do online. You know, we see who they're connecting with, who they're talking to, what they're buying, you know, what videos they watch, how long they watch it, you know, so they have all that data is what they're selling. People that say, well, they're an advertising company. Well, no, they sell they sell information that's used to target advertising. But yeah, they are a data collection company. Yeah, he's, um, I think, I, I, I don't remember. Somebody said, like, we are the commodity. Yeah, you yeah. 100% are. So it's, um, and, and that's not unique to advertising either. I mean, when you look at, we, we were having a discussion, uh, I was having a discussion with some people earlier this week about um, what's going on in Ukraine. And they were saying, you know, what China is so much, you know, it's a billion people larger than us. Um, and, you know, Russia has as many nukes as we have. How are we more powerful than these two countries? We're one of the youngest countries on the world stage today, and yet we're the most powerful. How how is that possible? And it's it's not because of our military might. It's because of the uh, of our economy, our people. Uh, you know, we have a re richer population on average than most other countries, and that you know, it's it's the aggregate of our population that makes us powerful. So it's. Um, you know, we are the commodity when it comes to giving our country the power it has over the rest of the countries in the world. We have more more brain power, more money, more, you know, we buy and, and sell so much around the world that yeah. it, it gives us an, an edge over everybody else. Oh. You know, China can have a billion more people, but if that billion more people isn't even doesn't even have the freedom or wealth equivalent of you know our lowest middle class that's you know it doesn't really help them mm. that sounds kind of cold but that's just kind of the geopolitical reality of things yeah well i enjoy documentaries and you know a lot of time i mean almost every documentary ends and you just have to like live with the tension of how it ends <laughs> because it's real life and it's not a story where they're gonna give you a happy you know ending a happy roundup but um you know there's just it was just clear there's a lot of pain in people's lives because of you know whatever like I don't even know, like, how do you get summoned to a, you know, congressional hearing and just not want to die? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. if, if they ever, you know, summon me, I'm going to be peeing my pants because what in the world? I mean, that's not like well, I, at all. But. I mean, I, I have watching congressional hearings. I, I know that it's nine parts theater and. And one part actual inquiry, 
because, you know, the, the legislators asking the question are asking the questions for show. You know, they could yeah. get these answers. They, they just want their time on TV and acting like the tough guy or the good guy to get the information. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand uh, that, but, you know, and this and, and along with that, you know, the, the fake outrage, like, oh, my gosh, you, you collect this data. Everybody knows that nobody, nobody, at least in this day and age, should say, I didn't know these companies collect information on me. I mean, every it's, right. it's common knowledge now. It's, it's part of the social pact that you get to use these services for free. In exchange for, you know, everything you do on them, uh, you know, is is data that they can use to sell advertising to. So, I don't know. Yeah. Nobody would pay for Facebook if they said we won't we won't collect or use any information, you know. But you have to pay a fourteen ninety nine a month fee. Nobody'd use it ever. Right. And so when these when these um, conservative uh, social platforms pop up and they say, we're not going to look at your emails. We're not going to look at you. We're not going to use any of your information. I just think you're not going to survive very long because that's, you know, what, what do you, what economic value do you have to offer that is going to keep you in business? Because uh, nobody's going to pay to be a part of these um, programs. And by the way, yeah, there was a big run up. I mean, do those even exist? What was it like? MeWe and Parlor and yeah, uh, do they even exist still? I I don't think so. I've not heard of them. I mean, you know, Trump has Truth Social now, which um, you know, my former boss is the CEO of. Um, I, I don't I don't know much about it, but I you know I've heard that yes, they're not going to use anybody's data, and I just think well. Somebody's going to have to subsidize this platform because, you know, if there's no data, you know, you, you can't go to an advertiser and say, I mean, you know, that poor guy at my pillow. I mean, he's going to have to advertise on every conservative TV show and app because, you know, they he's been canceled and yeah, every other way. Yeah. I mean, you can't go to an advertiser and say, yeah, you know. We we have all you know all these we have this dim we have you know men from thirty five to sixty five and you can't you know if you're not collecting that data how do you know you know and this is not and it, just a reminder this is not a modern thing they've been since whenever advertising began officially yeah. or unofficially right yeah like I mean they placed billboards based on they where they knew people were driving. They, you know, if, yeah. I never watched Mad Men, but didn't it take, wasn't it um, in the 50s or whatever? So, yeah. like, it, and even before that advertising. Well, for today. Uh, <gasps> and, uh, oh, Justin. I've got three letters in the right space. Yeah. I just need to pick two more letters and I, 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 I'm running out of words. So I'm frustrated. Um, I may be facing down my first failure. Oh, don't know hints. I don't want any hints. I won't give you any hints. I won't. So, uh, I but I did get it in four guesses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. I've added a new starter word 
um, that I'm in, that's in rotation. And so that helped my starter word helped oh. me, but you don't know what it is. So no, that, you, you can't, not, you can't do. It. And I, I've seen so many, I've seen, I think three news stories. Now the 10, 10, uh, words mathematically proven to give you a head start in wordle you know the five oh, really? words that yeah i'm starting to see that and i think well, what are they oh i don't know i, I refuse to look because i don't want to know oh, oh i didn't want to compare them to the words i'm using because honestly let's see no i didn't i i think i watched some jimmy fallon clip about it and so his guy I, what's his announcer guy's name i don't know anyways he said what his starter word was and i tried it once but i'm like no that was his word i'm not going to use that anymore but yeah i don't know well there are so many options so i i had the same did you say you have three letters in the right place yep three letters i have the first letter the middle letter and the end letters um i on my second guess i had three letters in the right place but it took me till my fourth try to get to, you know, because yeah. there are many different options. Yep. Yeah. I Sometimes know. I think, gosh, English is not very creative. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then sometimes it really is. So exactly. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm going to, I was just looking at the word also. I'm going to take it out of my eyesight so I don't accidentally spill the beans. Yeah. Don't do that. So wait, how many guesses do you have left? Uh, I think I have two, two more. Well, I want to, I want to tell you one thing. Whenever I'm stuck, there's this rule that applies. It seems like it almost always is this, but I won't tell you that right now. But well, once you get it or once you fail, then, then no, ask me. I'll I, tell you I, I think I know the rule. The rule is there's a double letter. That's at least one rule. I don't know if that's the rule, but we'll we'll find out after I succeed or fail. Yes, I'll be I'll be anxiously awaiting your text message. Okay. Very good. Well, we've been through a lot. If you're out there and you've seen the great hack, let us know what your opinion is of it. And uh, yeah, you... the, some of the players are younger than I thought they would be. That was surprising. It's not just old, angry white men. <laughs> no. <laughs> not well, at all. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not old. I mean, there's still a lot of them in there, but. <laughs> well, it's old, angry white men that don't don't have the tech savvy to get they this need done. They draw on the, the youth. Yeah. 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 So, you know. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I think it's definitely worth a watch. So that can be our, or my, or our recommendation for the week for people. So. Yeah. Two stoners. Tell us about it. What's our email? Stonersiblingspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Send us your thoughts. Yeah, please. We want to hear from you. Be entered to win a free gift card somewhere. To some, somewhere to some (laughs) place. You know, I do own stock of Dutch Brothers. So I'm going to just say right now it'll be a Dutch Bros. Maybe that will encourage somebody to go. Sounds like since a good I, one. Since I'm a stockholder. Stockholder. Oh, so wow. Part of the 1%. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, right. sister. You have, have a good, good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Stoners out. Stoners out. <laughs>